Can you say the? Do you say the word Michigan? Can you say the word? Do you say it? No. Come on. No, no, no. Come no, we're not allowed to do that around here. Come on. Sometimes people that are standing on third base think they hit a triple. Yeah. But they didn't. Just, we'll just say the state up north. We'll say Ann Arbor. We'll say the blue team. And we are going to find a way to get from being a great program, which we are, just so everybody's crystal clear, we're a great program. I said I just want to be the best 11 on 11 on that play and play one play at a time. It's about this team. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Ten Takeover podcast presented by the Takeover Sports Network. My name is Donovan White. Joined as always with my co-host Monty Ball. Monty, how's it going this? How's it going this weekend? Come on, man. I'm ex- I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm feeling good, man. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover. Obviously, mm-hmm. some exciting things been going on in 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 other sports, right? As opposed to what we usually uh, are going to be covering. But uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to jump in, talk all sports, and uh, have a good time, man. But I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We we talked a little bit off air, but uh, made a, another big adult decision. Moved out. Of uh, mom and dad's base, moved to an apartment, so it's an exciting time. Uh, but it, it's it's been fun. At least there's been some some other sports to go along. We're going to cover Wisconsin football today. Your alma mater, so I know you're excited about that. Oh, yeah. But Monty, you've been watching any March Madness lately. You big basketball guy. It's easy to root for the Big Ten in basketball. You know what I'm saying? It it, it really is. And and I'll be honest, I'm not like a huge basketball guy. Um, first off, you know I love watching basketball. Right. I always have to preface it with that because people think, right, just because I played football, played a sport that I'm like really into all other sports. Um, Grew up in Missouri. Right. No professional basketball team. Obviously, there's college basketball teams there, but not really a huge state in basketball. But I do watch basketball. I've I've actually been watching the Badgers. Um, They've been doing phenomenal things, obviously, um, this this current season, actually. Obviously got the bid to go to the dance and um, had a good performance last night, actually. But, yeah, watched the whole entire game. Watched I watched about 75 to about 80% of their games this past season. So I, I most definitely look forward to chatting a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I I always I grew up with basketball. My dad played at Ohio State in the '80s, so obviously I'm a Buckeye fan when it comes to all sports. <laughs> uh, they've been a little off, you know, the past few years, which is fine. But you know, speaking of March Madness. Uh, we are partnered with Prize Picks, right? So for all your picks this March Madness, you use Prize Picks. Use code Takeover, get a hundred percent deposit match on any picks that you have, up to hundred dollars. Uh, Prize Picks is the best legal way to pick, you know, player props, picks in states like California, New York, Texas, and more. It's an easy way to play daily fantasy, right? Or for anything else, you can pick two to five players and over under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry you have. Uh, they have a ton of stats to choose from, right? Points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, uh, and more. Uh, they allow mixed sports entries, right? So you could pick the over on LeBron on his points and combined with the under on Mahomes for his passing yards when it comes time. Um, they offer every sport you can think of, NFL, college football, uh, March Madness, obviously, MMA, soccer, MLB, whatever you can think of. They have an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, the 4.8-star rating with rave reviews. Price pick entries can be made in, le- in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It's safe and offers fast withdrawal. So, again, for all of your picks, your entries that you're going to make, especially with March Madness, go to Price Picks. Use promo code TAKEOVER for 100% deposit match up to $100. So, always great 
for, you know, always great for March Madness, you know, other than the brackets, of course, which some of my already busted with Kentucky losing the other day. That didn't help, Dude. but we'll get on to some football. My, we are covering the Wisconsin Badgers. When you think Big Ten, you, you think Wisconsin is a staple in that. I mean, honestly, there, there are a few teams, if you if you went down south or out west, west and said, tell me about Big Ten football. They're going to list Ohio State. They're going to list Michigan. They're going to list Wisconsin. I mean, they're just a staple of the Big Ten. Right. You right. played there. Tell me about the state of the Wisconsin football program right now. We'll get into the review of the season a little bit in preview, but tell me about your thoughts on kind of their state of the program now. Uh, even really in modern kind of time. What, what do you think about the program now? What do you, you like their direction? What, tell me your thoughts. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I got a lot of information regarding this. I think um, right now, um, and again, I'm living here in the area too, right? Um, in, a, in a whole, right? Wisconsin fans are, are spoiled, right? Spoiled um, in a sense, right? Coming from the Barry Alvarez era, right? After mm-hmm. shifting from barely being a 500 team on average prior to Barry, Um and then obviously Barry coming in, making his statements, changing the program, doing some great things with recruiting and obviously um, instilling that Badger way that we all know today. Right. The 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 their gameplay, everything. Right. The atmosphere changed once he stepped in. Obviously, he became the athletic director once he stopped coaching. Um, but again, right. They had Ron Dane. You got he had McIntosh. You had all these greats who played back then and done some great things. Right. Rose Bowl was always the 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 epitome of what we we're going to get to. We knew we were going to get there, right? That's what they knew that there was going to happen, right? It was kind of the bottom floor in a sense, and I hate saying it like that, so I actually just contradicted myself. But since, mm-hmm. like, what I'm saying is we kind of knew it was going to be Rose Bowl. But now, right, after my era, right, where we were fortunate enough, again, that was 2009 to 12, fortunate enough to play in three Rose Bowls, we knew we were going to win the Big Ten, right? Three Big Ten wins back-to-back-to-back to back to back Rose Bowl appearances since then, We've been an okay team, an okay team um, in the Big Ten. Still, just like you stated, right, a staple, right? If you're looking from the outside in, you're going to mention Wisconsin. It's always going to come after Ohio State. That still, you know, hurts my soul, but it's always going to come after Ohio State, and it's always going to come after Michigan. Um, But right now, the feeling in Wisconsin is there's a little uncertainty with the direction. A little uncertainty with the direction. Paul Christ was my offensive coordinator from 09 to about uh, after the 11 season. He took off to pit. Um, but now him being the head coach, don't get me wrong. If you actually look at his record, he's he's been doing a really good job, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I stated that us fans, Badgers fans are spoiled because we want to win the Big Ten. That's what we know that we're going to do. That's, that's what we usually do, especially after the split. And so bias not winning the Big Ten since 2012, that's 10 years. That obviously has raised a significant amount of questions. Now we're going to Las Vegas Bowls. Again, very fortunate, right? And I'm I'm speaking for the players right here. And obviously from a fan standpoint, fortunate just to get to a bowl, right? Mm -hmm. That's a blessing. But again, we're Rose Bowl. We 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 are we're we're orange, we're citrus, what 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 have you, but not not Las Vegas Bowl. Um and Outback is not bad either. But again, we are always looking for Rose Bowl or bust. That's mm-hmm. how it's always been here in the program. So it's been a lot of uncertainty with with what's been going on with the offensive play calling. Who has been doing the offensive play calling? Is it Coach Chris wearing two hats? Um, I know that it was Coach Rudolph, who was my tight ends coach when I was playing. Mm-hmm. He went to pit with Chris. Then I can't remember where he went after that, or he may have just come back to Wisconsin. 
Um, but again, he was the role of running game coordinator two seasons ago. Mm. Did not work out well at all. So they demoted him. And again, we'll get into this again. I don't want to get too long with it, but demoted him this past season. And we believe Coach Chris was calling the offensive plays, right? The OC also being the head coach as well. And Mm -hmm. so the uncertainty comes really with that because we know what's happening on the defensive side of the ball with Jimmy Leonard. That defense has been phenomenal, ranked top three, if not number one in the country the past Mm -hmm. two or three seasons. So we're very comfortable with what our defense has been doing. The uncertainty comes with the offensive play calling, stacking plays, and obviously the quarterback position. And so yeah. right now in a whole, there's a lot of uncertainty with, with yeah. the direction of the program. Yeah, and, and again, it's it's not that the culture at Wisconsin or the stability of the program is up for debate because it's been there, right? It's when, when you think of Wisconsin football – they're they're such a stable organization, such a stable team. You know what you're going to get from them, and right. Sometimes even their down years, even their down years aren't, aren't down, right? They don't really right. have down years of being you know two and ten, right, or three and nine. And it doesn't really happen. Their up years are, are up, right? But their average year is solid, rock solid season. Um, and so it's kind of just like last season, right? There were some high hopes coming in for Wisconsin in 2021. A yeah. lot of that stemmed from Graham Mertz and the performance that he had in the in the shortened kind of COVID 2020 season. Uh, he was a true freshman, uh, was the number one pocket passer quarterback in his class, right? So there was true potential at a Wisconsin quarterback position that, you know, more than we've seen in a long time. Um, they opened up the season with a close loss to Penn State. And while it was close, and tell me if I'm wrong. There were already set kind of some questions about their offense. It's like yeah. you lose 16 to 10. Like I get Penn State's defense. Uh, we knew they were good. They finished out the season real strong. Uh, but still, 10 points, your offense didn't look like it was doing anything the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were already some questions. Next few weeks, they got blasted 41 to 13 by Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame finished strong. Um, that point early in the season, Notre Dame was kind of look a little rocky too. Um right. And then they got they got blasted by Michigan uh, consecutive weeks, 38 to 17. Again, Michigan won the Big Ten Conference. They obviously drastically improved. But at that point, it was kind of a gut check for Wisconsin. They were sitting at one and three in the season. Uh, their playoff hopes were over. And Wisconsin is a team. Um, I don't care what anyone says. Wisconsin is a team that every season, unless their roster is depleted, they have playoff hopes. Mm-hmm. They are one of the teams that have that are playoff, uh, playoff level, playoff caliber team to yep. get there. But at that point, it's over. Um, so it's kind of saying, okay, is this season going to be like a lost one and not just a lost one of, you know, eight and four, nine and four, right? Cause that's the typical rock solid Wisconsin foundation, but I'm talking like, you know, 500 season, Ooh. right? Cause you showed against those top teams, you're not doing so hot, but in Wisconsin fashion, they slowly, but surely rebounded. They won seven games in a row spearheaded by running back Braylon Allen, who I just want to remind everybody, true freshman. Right? <laughs> yeah. Drew freshman freak, 18 years old. Maybe I feel like he was 17. 17. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was 17 at the time. He just turned 18 like like two months ago. Freak. He yeah. is a freak. <laughs> Finished season over 1,200 yards rushing, 12 touchdowns. Their other running back, Chaz Malusi, who suffered a season-ending injury in November, still had 815 yards and five touchdowns. That running back duo, for all we talk about, Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum, that running back duo is legit. It was yep. they. They were neck and neck in the Big Ten, in my opinion, with Haskins and Karam. And I just don't think they get a lot of the, the same recognition and attention because Michigan won the Big Ten with the playoffs, so it's understandable. They lost to Minnesota the regular season finale, but finished their season 9-4 and four overall, like you mentioned, in the Las Vegas Bowl with a win against Arizona State. And, yes, 
their defense, not Georgia's, not Iowa's, but Wisconsin total defense finished first in the country last year, which I, I when I was putting the show notes together, Monty, I, I looked up, I'm like, no, like I knew they were high up last season, but I didn't think they finished first. No, they finished first ahead of Georgia, ahead of Iowa, ahead of other teams like that. So what's next for Wisconsin? Well, actually, before we even get there, what were your thoughts on the season? You kind of give it a little bit of the state of the program, but give me your thoughts on the season. Absolutely, man. I mean, obviously we had high hopes. We had high hopes mm-hmm. at the time, right? Because you just mentioned his name. He is the star player. He is the guy on the offensive side of the football right now, that being Braylon Allen. Well, obviously him being a true freshman, we, you know, no one knew what he was capable of doing. And honestly, the games that you mentioned early on, uh, I got to go check the, st- the stats again. I'm not even sure if he actually had significant or even any playing time, that being mm-hmm. against Penn State. Um, obviously, Notre Dame, he might have gotten a few in that game. Um, but again, these games that they lost early on, as we were watching and dissecting these games, we were trying to figure out, as I mentioned earlier, what is going on on the offensive side of the football? Like, what are these play calls? Where's the stacking of the plays or the chess match that you essentially like to see? From, from our standpoint, it seemed as if the coaches were outsmarting themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to recreate the wheel. We know who we are, right? Everybody knows who we are and it has been working. So we must stick to it. And, and again, I, I give credit to Ches Malusi, right? Transferring from Clemson, right? Trying to fill um, some big shoes and, and coming obviously to a different conference, a different style of football, smash mouth football. Um, I do give him credit, right, um, for coming in and, and, like you said, putting up 800 yards and obviously getting a season into injury. But, again, for us, it's we want to see consistency, and that's not something that we saw early on, um, especially against those big powerhouse teams. Yeah, Penn State went on to have a good season, but we still had opportunities in that, in that game to win. We really, really did. And so there's a lot of questions, man, a lot of questions that – in my honest opinion, didn't really get answered even towards the end of the season. My biggest question, right, is is, is Graham Mertz, just mm-hmm. like you stated, right? Best pa- pocket uh, passer in his class. This guy came in high ranked. This guy came in with huge expectations, right? And he actually had a really good performance, right? His what was his first start, uh, Illinois uh, mm-hmm. in twenty twenty, right? Balled out four or five touchdowns. He threw four, so we're like, yes, let's go. But we do not know what happened. We don't understand if it's a confidence thing, if it's a scheme thing, if it's a if it's the coaches, you know, carousel with their roles that's confusing him, or maybe the players aren't you know, on the same page as him. There's so many questions that we aren't getting answers to when we've been prying and trying to get answers during the press, uh, during media, et cetera, when we're speaking to Coach Chris and the other coaches. But obviously they do a good job of keeping stuff in-house. But in a nutshell, man, overall, given the confusion with which coach is coaching which (laughs) scheme of the game, I will say that's a decent season. The loss mm-hmm. against Minnesota was completely just pitiful. I'm just gonna say, yeah, just just that was not that's not the way to go out, right? On your on your on your regular season. But let's let's look at it, right? Let's 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 take it at face value. Notre Dame's a good team, right? We knew that was gonna be a tough game, even though they were struggling. We knew that was gonna be a tough game. Why? Because their quarterback left our mm-hmm. program. Exactly. I, forgetting his name right off the top. I of my head. I cone exactly. Yep. 
Cone had a few issues here, right? Just with the them starting other quarterbacks in front of him, him not getting enough playtime, him not getting what have you, right? So he chose to leave. And so we knew that that was going to be a tough game just because the emotions were high. Emotions were high. We knew that he was going to play well. Um, Penn State, good football team, right? We knew Michigan, come on, good football team. Again, for me, it's the Minnesota game mm-hmm. that really – was just like, that is not how we finish our regular season. So obviously I'm looking forward to the upcoming season. We have lost some really good players on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the football. But again, I got hopes. We got hopes in, in Jimmy Leonard, right, with his recruiting, which we're going to get into. And obviously have high hopes for that offense, trying to figure out what they're going to do at that quarterback position. Quarterback position. Chez is coming back. Braylon's coming back on his second year. We know that he's going to play better than he did his first year. We need to figure out what's going to happen at that quarterback position. Yeah. And, and you always kind of, for every team you say, okay, what's next? But for Wisconsin, you know, here's what we know about them. And I'll be honest, the I think Wisconsin recruiting, the numbers never flash for them. But the player development yeah. is what is insane with Wisconsin. They're one of the teams that the reason why they have, you know, eight, nine wins consistently, right, is because of that player development. And the reason why they give top teams a struggle Right again, excluding I get that Michigan and Notre Dame, they didn't give them a struggle at all last season. But typically, when they you know they play top teams, it's a good yeah. game. Um, Wisconsin has the pieces consistently, and especially last year and still coming in, a stout offensive line, an excellent run game. Mm-hmm. They always have good tight ends. Right, Jake yep. Ferguson. We'll talk about a little bit. Uh, Jake Ferguson. I'm pretty high on for the NFL draft. I like him a lot. Um, and they finished the number one defense overall. My, my thing with Wisconsin, my, my core with them has always been, as a running back and as an O-lineman, our o- offensive coordinators and our O-line coaches and running backs coaches so often said, hey, if you want to open this offense up, right, something along the lines, you want to open this offense up, it's going to start with you guys, right? Get the quarterbacks comfortable, get the run game going. So in my mind, it's always been, okay, you've got a great O-line. You always have great running backs. You've got great blocking tight ends. How is, even if the quarterback isn't, elite if they're a game manager right how is it possible and a defense supporting quarterback we know how much a good defense supports quarterback how is it possible that all of that combined doesn't open up play action for you and and i'm not saying that wisconsin needs to be a team that can you know an air raid offense but if they opened up a legit play action pass game it would change everything for wisconsin i i for years i've been i don't know what they're doing they have all the pieces in place to support even a game manager quarterback not I mean, even talented one, and you didn't do it. I don't get it. I mean, you you nailed it. That is, you nailed it. Uh, that's that's been our biggest like issue as fans and and everything. Right, we're trying to figure out why can't we perfect the play action because defenses have to honor that run game. They mm-hmm. have to. We know for a fact every single defense that comes across Wisconsin is this is literally what their defensive coordinator is saying. We're going to stack the box. And if they're going to beat us, they're going to beat us in the air when we know they know that they're, they're not going to get beat in the air. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm saying the same thing as you're saying, right? We're all, we're all literally singing to the choir here where it's, we have Braylon Allen. He he's on track to be one of the best running backs in the country this upcoming season and possibly the next season. If he stays healthy, the offensive line, we plug and play the offensive line all day, every day, every season. We're never worried about that. Jake Ferguson is a darn good tight end, very good tight end. The weapons were there. Weapons were there, obviously, to develop the play action. 
And I did see the play action a little bit, right? But again, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing Mertz feel comfortable. I'm not. I'm I'm when I watch Mertz drop back when his play action, right? I'm watching him just it's like he doesn't he feels as if he doesn't have enough time to go through mm-hmm. his reads. He's staring down one receiver and and sometimes he overthrows it. I get it. We are right. Quarterbacks make mistakes, but that's a staple play. Come on. That's a staple play in this style of an offense. 90% of the time, 95% of the time you have to at you 95% of the time you have to do it right, right? Do that all practice. That's literally what me and Russell did. After every single practice, me and Russell, Russell Wilson, every single practice, we did about 20 to 25, and it just really quick, play action. Just me and him. No line, no receivers. We literally just worked on play action from outside zone. I would run on my track. He would give me the fake, and then I would just do a little check down route just so that he can release the ball. We knew that that was something that we had to be close to perfect at because obviously the run game would open that up. And so for us, that's where the confusion comes from. Coach Christ was the offensive coordinator. You know what you're doing. You know these plays. These are the same plays we ran. We've been running for the last 20 years, 30 years, if not 40 years. And so I'm, I'm, it, there's so many questions, and we're not getting enough answers. But, again, hopefully this upcoming season we figure it out and players get a little bit more comfortable and, and, and become the Wisconsin team that we're familiar with. Yep. In, in the same way that Army has perfected – kind of the 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 triple option right? exactly that that should be even for teams like Iowa but you know to an extent Iowa but Wisconsin especially you have elite offensive line play elite running yeah. back play the play action pass for Wisconsin should be what Army's triple option is to the college bowl world it should be known that listen like I, I always I've said this plenty of times Army could be any team in the country on any given day if their defense is not prepared for the triple option, because if they're not, they're never going to stop it. In yeah. the same light, Wisconsin, who is more talented than Army or Navy or Air Force, right? Because you're getting Big Ten recruits, you're getting elite player development. In the same light, if they perfected that, Wisconsin could beat anybody every any day. It doesn't yeah. matter who they play; they're going to run on anybody. Um, you know, barring a you know once in a generation kind of defensive front, but they're going to run on anybody. So yep. it, it's 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 interesting to see what they're going to do, but. Going forward, their 2022 season, it's going to be interesting. They, they Again, you touched on a little bit of who they lost. They lost Jake Ferguson, who was their second uh, leading receiver on the team. Again, I thought he was a legit tight end. I think legit. He can block. I think he can, he can go across the middle. Um, he opens things up a little bit for receivers. That sometimes you don't always see at Wisconsin. But, again, they everything else is in place for a quarterback and the offense to succeed, in my opinion. Um, they lost uh, interior guys Josh Seltzner and Logan Bruss. But, again, like you said, they they plug and play offensive line. Play that. We know yeah. how they recruit that. Uh, two big losses, in my opinion, are linebackers Leo Chanel yes. uh, and Jack Sanborn. That yeah. up front, it's going to hurt. They lost they lost D lineman Matt Henning, Henningson, um, who was stout up front. But those two linebackers, and I I know they plug and play linebackers too. But the high level of play that you got out of them last year, it hurts to lose them. It hurts a it lot. Does. It does. And I, I about Jake first. Excuse me, Jake Ferguson, real quick. Right, we, we're talking about a. A, a, a tight end that not only right good hands can catch right not a problem running his routes good really really good at that did it well right but also a blocking mm-hmm. blocking tight end blocking tight end six four I'm looking at it, looking at his 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 measurements right here six four 244 pounds right I mean deep I mean uh, NFL teams are looking at the chops mm-hmm. 
for that right there. So that's why, again, kind of, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but we, we, the weapons were there. The plays were there. It's just the performance or the execution just was was very poor. I mean, we were struggling at times for like the first four games of the season of just quarterback center to quarterback exchange mm-hmm. <laughs> and then quarterback to running back exchange. We're like, this is stuff you take care of in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, losing Jake Ferguson is going to hurt, right? Again, the offensive line, plug and play, but just like these key players that you mentioned, these are these are these are phenomenal players, right? These are lightning in a bottle players that that are a little difficult to come across. So Jake Ferguson in the Chanel's, right? I mean, Leo absolutely being number one. This this guy, man, he could death, death row on his arm. <laughs> he literally would have death row written on his arm, jacked, ripped. And I remember watching him play. He reminded me a lot of Chris Borland, mm. who played at Wisconsin, right? Um, from Dayton, Ohio. So he, yeah. he's, he's from from around there, from around those parts, man. But Chris Borland, right? One of those players where it's it's no matter what, as a running back, and I know this is what other running backs were thinking about when they were coming across Chanel. No matter what, no matter where the ball is, no matter where you are with the ball, he's gonna be somewhere near you. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was literally for me every single practice going against him so losing Chanel not only hurts the defense but hurts you know our offense too right practicing against against a player like that day in and day out when I had to practice against Borland it made me better when he practiced against me it made him better so that's gonna hurt losing yep. Chanel losing a leader like that but again having that faith in in Jimmy Leonard for the past four seasons I think he's been here yeah he has been top three in the country right and so we again we have faith there we have faith in there, and who else have we lost outside of? They, outside they lost of, DB's Fayon Hicks and Scott yeah. Nelson again. I think Fayon Hicks is Hicks was a, was a really good player. Scott Hicks Nelson doesn't look like he's going to get. He might get picked up later rounds, maybe undrafted free agent. But right. uh, regardless, a leader of the team, a starter in the in, in the secondary. Um, yeah. They they did dip in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Hicks yep. is a guy who could play. I'm yes, honest, he could play. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy Hicks. Right. It's it's if I had to right now. Right. Name the name the players. Right. Who, who again, lightning in a bottle players. It's, it's it's Hicks. It's Chanel. It's it's Ferguson. Right. Those are the losses that, you know, we're you know, we're hoping to, to, to really find somebody who can perform at that level at those positions. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to seeing this recruiting class that's coming in. There is a player that I want to talk about who I had the opportunity of watching in high school here mm. um, who. Uh, uh, state state game right in Camp Randall had the opportunity to watch him live. Phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. Wisconsin has some players coming back and coming in, and we'll get to the recruiting here because I'm interested to see your take on this. Uh, again, we talked about Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi coming back. Right. Um, Nick Herbig, outside linebacker, dude can rush the pa- rush, rush the passer. He yeah. is. He's legit as a former O lineman, and I'm sure as a running back in pass blocking. You, when you see good edge rushers, you respect it. He's he's legit. And then D tackle Keanu Benton, um, who I think yes. had some Big Ten honors coming back, but he's going to step up, uh, clog up the middle uh, as a kind of nose tackle inside guy. Um, they got some new faces. Um, they got a new offensive coordinator, Bob Ingram, um, former right. Ravens tight end coach, who's bringing that NFL experience again. Not a whole lot. It's tough when you have, in my opinion, when you have NFL guys, even with success, right? Ravens had Mark Andrews, um, who's a great tight end. So obviously Bob Ingram worked with him. It, In my opinion, it's kind of tough sometimes to gauge how well a, not an NFL coordinator, but an NFL position coach is going to do in college because 
how much say or how much development they have um, is tough to see sometimes, right? Because Mark Andrews was a great player at Oklahoma, great player for the Ravens, and you know how much say he has in the offensive stuff. But again, he's bringing NFL experience. Exactly. I think it's going to work out fine. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, I, no, go I, for it. I was going to say, I'll be honest, right? He's coming in as offensive coordinator, right? Or, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So again, I often. Literally, I, I forgot all about that news, and and but but still, mm-hmm. but still, my question is because uh, I do remember when that news actually came in, right? But my question has still been: Is Coach Chris going to give up completely? Give up and 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 trust him to call the plays? That's literally the question that we're all still asking because there has been somebody in that role before. But it, we know that Chris still has his hands in it. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my, I think, my, my anxiety. <laughs> I think Ingram would be able to bring a, and obviously Graham Mertz is no right. Jackson, but he'd bring an interesting perspective of that play action with Lamar yeah. Jackson. Again, Graham Mertz is, uh, was a pocket passer, right? So the, not obviously not a dual threat, not the normal, just pro style quarterback, right? Pocket passer. So he's a statue in the pocket, which is fine. Um, but to bring the perspective of what Lamar Jackson was able to do with you know, guys like Mark Ingram for a little bit, J.K. Dobbins before he got hurt. I'd be interested to see what that perspective would be if, if Bob Ingram gets any any input in that offense. We'll see if Paul Chris gives up those duties like you mentioned. Um, Wisconsin dipped in the transfer port- portal too, and they went heavy in the secondary. Um, they went to the MAC, you know, my back my backyard, Justin Clark with Toledo, um, Jay Shaw, UCLA, and Cedric Dort at Kentucky. When I looked up these guys, it seems a lot of them were starters or, or key players. Um, none of them, you know, flew off the board. Um, in terms of, right. you know, they were a high-profile transfer. But, again, I think a defensive scheme in Wisconsin that is always so steady is going to be easy for these guys who are obviously talented. You know, they played in the Pac-12. They played in the SEC. And as much as I dog on the Pac-12, it's still Power 5 football. Of course. Um, and even Justin Clark from Toledo. If you're sticking out in the MAC that hard to transfer Wisconsin, you did something right. Um, and then recruiting-wise, this is where I'm interested your take on. They had the number 11 class in the conference for 2022 and number 45 nationally. So, again, we talked about it last week with Michigan. Number 11, you know, in, in the class in Big Ten, if you saw that, you'd be like, well, that sucks. But they're number 45 nationally. So they're they're in the top almost third. They are in the top third. The top third of all FBS programs. My question is, is how does Wisconsin, we talk about taking the next step. Yeah. Player development gets you so far. But when you don't have sometimes those five-star freaks, Right. How do you get over that hump when you're playing teams like Ohio State, when you're playing teams like Penn State who gets five star recruits? Right. That's that's what we really don't understand. Right. This has been this has been something that I've been harping on for the past four years. And I've been very vocal about it as well on on, on Twitter, Instagram, even Facebook as well, um, where we've been trying to figure out why we don't go so aggressive for the four and five stars. I've actually had somebody who worked there at the stadium, worked for the athletic program, no longer works there and shared some light with me. Obviously I'm not going to share this person's name, but shared some light with me, gave me an example, right. Of, of, of a situation where there was a recruit living in Cali at a time and Wisconsin in the moment, right. Didn't, feel that it that this person was going to commit to Wisconsin so didn't exhaust as much resources mm-hmm. as possible to persuade this high schooler to come to Wisconsin and that really upset this individual who I'm speaking of or who, who shared this information with me and that shed a lot of light on 
a lot of the questions that I had where it's why aren't these four or fives coming? And there's so many different variables, right? Unknown variables. But as a high schooler, if I don't feel like you want me, even if I live in Guam, right? <laughs> if I don't feel like you want me, then I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go there, right? You don't know if a kid from Cali or a kid from Texas or a kid from Florida, right? Obviously, they don't. we, we assume they don't want to come to the, the snow, but <laughs> you don't know. You don't know that. Make them feel welcomed. And so, again, with the threes, twos, and three stars that we get, right, it's going to, it's going to always be difficult, always going to be tough trying to battle in the recruiting field against a Ohio State, against a, a, a Michigan. You, uh, those guys, those schools do get the fives, five-star recruits. But just like you stated earlier, I am very confident in the way that we develop the three stars um, in every single position except the quarterback position. I feel as if we do not have that development in the quarterback position right now off the top of my head. If I try to name a quarterback who has gone four years through the program, three or four years through the program, who has developed. You can't say Russell Wilson. He came for one season. Mm -hmm. Who would you say? You can't uh, really think of a name. I mean, it, it's top five, maybe or Scotty Tolzien or mm -hmm. or uh, and again, I'm not taking anything away from what those guys did. No, uh, they, they had some really good careers. But again, if we're talking develop, you really can't name a quarterback in Wisconsin history that has actually that we've watched develop. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what always worries me. But as for the recruiting class, man, um, the guy that I'm very, very excited about. Who I had the opportunity to watch live is Burkett plays mm -hmm. at Franklin, 5'11", 203 pounds quarterback. Mm -hmm. um, this guy, I literally watched him live in state. That was my first and only time watching him. And I watched every single snap, every single one. And this guy has the poise of a quarterback who can come in and play right away. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Graham Mertz is going to have some fire under him. Because um, his, 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 Burkett's feet are going to be on him, going to be, going to be on him for sure. So it's going to be exciting to see what this cat is going to do, obviously, in this Pro style type offense. Um, but again, watching him live, right? 71.3% was his passer rating, right? This 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 guy can play some football. Fast, mobile, and also he does a really great job. What I like to watch when I'm watching high school quarterbacks is how well do they go through their progression? That, mm. that, how well do they go through their progression? How do you how do you withstand the heat coming right at your face while obviously going through your progression? Yeah. He, he aced that bad boy. While I was watching him live, uh, again, it's high school football. I understand, but it was state. It's very competitive here. He put on. Yeah. The good, I'm really looking forward to him stepping in. Well, and again, like you mentioned, Graham Mertz has all the talent. But if you don't prove anything with that, I think he had like ten touchdowns, nine interceptions, like below sixty percent completion rate. The job's open. It's 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 it, almost kind of the same light of of Michigan with with Cade McNamara and JJ McCarthy. It's just maybe not as advertised because you know a true freshman coming in. Um, right. You know, who isn't a four or five star might not be average. And I don't know if he's a four or five star, but I'm going to assume that he's what probably a, a three star, maybe if, if it shows it on there. But either way, it, right. it's not as advertised much. There's going to be some competition. Uh, the thing with and, and you hit an interesting point is, is you don't know if kids are going to come from California or from Florida to play. I, I think the one area speaking from the experience as an O lineman, you can be developed really easily. Um, if you've got a great coach, if you've got the body for it, the tools, you stay healthy and you got a good coach, you're going to get any of you work hard, obviously, right. you're going to get developed pretty easily. Um, and Wisconsin obviously has their power five program, top of the line, big 10. They have all the facilities, the nutrition, they have the O-line coach, they have the offense built for that. Yep. 
the thing that I think would help them so much again, I don't the harping on the play action pass is you don't see a lot of big time receivers coming for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it's hard to develop receivers, especially ones where the offense is not built for them. Uh, Quintez right. Cephas was a fantastic wide receiver, at Wisconsin. Um, I think he broke out. I don't, I, I was high on the draft last season. I, you don't see a lot of big time guys coming. And honestly, it's, it's tough. Like I said, when you don't, when you're in practice and you're not, the only the only pass game reps you're getting is an indie, right? You're in individual drills. Yeah. The rest of the time to do an inside, you know, inside run. And when they're yeah. doing team drills, it's like, okay, like we're gonna run power and zone and stretch again, and that's about it, right? It's hard to keep those guys, it's hard to get them there. Um, and I think opening up play action pass and just seeing that would help with that recruits. But moving forward with their schedule, they've got an interesting schedule. They do. Uh, I, I'm curious to see your thoughts on this, but they open up the season non-conference against Illinois State, FCS, the win. Again, one of the rare times where Big Ten plays in FCS. Again, at least it's week one and not week 11. Uh, <laughs> Washington State, who is a good program, had some, had some turmoil last year with their head coach leaving under some, uh, some, some circumstances that made some news. Um, I, I think they'll do fine against that. New Mexico State, um, I think that's a win. It's week four that they open up real quick. And don't wrong, on the other side, too, for the Buckeyes. Real quick for both teams with a legit team that they're playing. Yeah, uh, they play week four at, at Ohio State. Um, unfortunately for Ohio State fans, um, knowing how much Fox and Big Noon Kickoff loves, uh, you know those primetime Big Ten games. It will not be a night game. Uh, it'll probably be a noon game, so a little easier there. But uh, that Ohio State game is going to be tough. Um, yeah, and it's gonna be tough for the Buckeyes too. No, oh, come on. Well, uh, let let's <laughs> let I, I you know you know I'm a Badger fan, so I appreciate you saying that. But but let let's let's call a spade a spade, right? Fair. We're not going to be prepared to play Ohio State Week Four at Ohio State. Um, we got some young players, young players. We lost some leaders as well, um, and playing three games against some teams that are not on the same caliber level as even Wisconsin, let alone obviously Ohio State. Ooh. For us to win that game at Ohio State, Ohio State has to lose the game, Mm. all right? Ohio State literally has to lose it. And I'll say that again. For us to win that game, Ohio State has to lose it. They have to just let it go. And and I don't see that happening. That is a very difficult, very difficult place to play at, extremely difficult. And I just – that's a loss. I'll say this. (laughs) I'll say this to Wisconsin fans. Uh, Ohio State opens up the season with Notre Dame. Um, and as uber talented as Ohio State is, and we'll preview them later, but um, as uber talented as they are, uh, they lost to Oregon last year, right? Their defense is going to be young and experienced and, and potentially still a mess. Wisconsin yeah. fans, in my opinion, need to hope that Ohio State beats Notre Dame. And I'll tell you why. Because if they lose to Notre Dame, right? And then I'm not too sure who the, they play weeks two and three. Um, again, probably smaller FBS teams, MAC teams, things like that. The next, if they lose to Notre Dame week one, the next big time matchup they're going to have is in week four with Wisconsin, yep. where they would play like a lot of teams with an angry, angry chip on their shoulder. So I, I think your, your best shot, Wisconsin, is like you said, Ohio State beats themselves um, and that Ohio State wins against Notre Dame. And that maybe some of the defensive adjustments that they've made for the Buckeyes don't come, come along as quick. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going it, to be tough for them. They yeah, play they, Illinois after that at home. Uh, I think Illinois has shown some improvements, but I think I think that'll be an easy win. win. Yeah. Um, at Northwestern, who 
as you never think you'd say up and down for Northwestern, but they're, you know, one year they're going to the big 10 championship. The next they're going four and eight. Uh, so I still think that's a win Yep. Um, at Michigan state. It's tough. It's a tough crowd. I think Michigan state's kind of in for a reality check next season. They really, were, I honestly, do I think they're going to jump down to like 500? No, but they had such a jump to the playoff race. They had, you know, Kenneth Walker, who was a, of course, a Heisman, you know, contender, one of the best running backs in the country. I think they're in for a little bit of a, of a bring down to earth. And I'm, again, not 500, but more like eight and four, right? Seven and five, eight and four. Um, I think Wisconsin wins that game. Ooh. I yeah. I think Wisconsin beats Michigan State. I really do. Oh, that that that's that's different for okay. Uh, I'll I'll, yeah. let, I'll I'll let you keep going. This is <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they play home against Purdue, which again Purdue's kind of an up and down team, but they're they're gonna I believe they're replacing their quarterback, and I'm I'm blanking on his name, but um, if not, you know, forgive me. But I, I think they beat Purdue again. It's home. It's in yeah. Wisconsin. They play Maryland at home. I think that is going to be an interesting game. You know, you you've heard me talk. I'm high on Talia Tungvaluwa. I'm high on that Maryland offense. It could be well. I'm not going to say an upset. I'm just saying keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. Um, <laughs> at Iowa, which is always a tough place to play. Extremely tough. And it's about as Big Ten football as you get um, in that game where the styles are going to be basically the same, but Wisconsin's going to be a more talented team. Iowa's going to have the home and field advantage. I think I'll still go Wisconsin. Um, and then they play at Nebraska which again is going to be interesting in my opinion, but you know, nothing too crazy, no bold predictions thrown out yet. Um, and then Minnesota, I think they get revenge in the Minnesota game. Um, I, I think yeah. Minnesota is a program that's kind of not flatlined, but I don't, I don't know. Tanner Morgan over at Minnesota is a good quarterback, but I don't see Minnesota's trajectory going anywhere. So I personally will say overall in this season, lost to Ohio state, I said this last year with Wisconsin. I said eleven and one last year, and they kind of burned me. I'm going to go. I'm going to go ten and two. I think they slip up somewhere along the lines. I think they maybe slip up against Nebraska or Maryland, and maybe Ooh. it's too bold. Maybe it's too bold. One of the two. But I'm saying ten and two, eleven and one. I like it. I like it. Uh, we don't. We don't. Okay. We don't differ in a lot. Um, Again, I'll just I'll skip the ones that we know that we're comfortable with that were going to be wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Ohio State one, I, I you know I got them down as a loss. Um, what else? Michigan State, I, I got that as a loss as well. Mm-hmm. I do um, at Michigan State. It, that, that's that's an extremely tough place to play. And again, they they did they, they did lose some good players, right? But you still got Tucker, right? You still you, you still got he he's a darn good coach. Uh, yeah. He he he's a, he's a darn good coach. And I still just I, I'm just not. I don't have faith in in the Badgers right now going into Michigan State, and I and I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. Got a loss there. Now here's the here's the kicker. At Iowa, I'm going with you on a win there. I really am, but I'm gonna go with the loss. I'm gonna go with the loss at Nebraska. Mm. I'm gonna go with the loss at Nebraska. For some reason, this Nebraska team, right? Uh, for some reason, they're like the Purdue or, or or excuse me, the Northwestern, right? You know, one season they're playing really well. Next season they're just completely off the map. And I just feel like this Nebraska team is going to cause some problems for the Badgers. I really do at Nebraska. Very difficult place to play. We lost against them when we had myself and Russell Wilson. Obviously different players, obviously different offenses, defenses, et cetera. But it's the environment. Actually, one of the loudest stadiums I've played in, and that's even counting the NFL. Mm. And I think very difficult place to play in. 
I'm blanking on his first name. It's Casey Thompson, I think, from from Texas. Transferred to Nebraska. Transferred, yep. Yep, and I thought Casey Thompson, it's a tough situation for him with Quinn Ewers going over there. Uh, But I thought Casey Thompson was a a very, not necessarily reliable, but he had some special ability there. I'm not saying, you know, Heisman, first-round pick, but I'm saying there's college quarterbacks where you see them and you're like, man, he, he can make some plays. I think for Nebraska on a team that is really bought into Scott Frost. That's yeah, really bought in. And a team kind of saying, okay, we heard all the chatter of like, this is the best three win, their four win team, whatever they were in college football history. Like they were that close in a lot of those big time games. I think a lot of that's going to get put together um, this next season for Nebraska. So I'll go with you on that. I'll go watch I, Nebraska. So 10 that's the, Yeah, man, that's the thing. And that, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that actually as well, because that's how I feel about – that's literally how I feel about um, Minnesota, mm-hmm. right? When PJ Flex stepped in, right? He's changing the the culture, the atmosphere, the environment there, and these players are really buying in. They're playing with a lot of heart. Although mm-hmm. I, still, we still shouldn't have lost that game, but they're playing with a significant amount of heart. Yeah, um, which is obviously extremely tough to to defeat. So for me, I got them nine and three, three losses: Ohio State, Michigan State, and Nebraska. Those are my those are my three losses. Can we get a petition started for uh, the Michigan State Wisconsin game for Wisconsin to wear like all red and Michigan State to wear all green? I, I the NFL color rush. I never understand why they don't do that. Uh, sometimes not even not even color rush, but just the games. I don't I don't get it. It'd be cool. I know it's Christmas themed. It won't be Christmas just yet, but come on, that, tell me that would. We can start it. I think that'd be sweet. I, there's you know I'm not trying to turn it to an organ, right? But I think you know. You know, look good, feel good. I'm all, I'm all for that. Exactly. I'm all for that. But yeah, nine and three. But I I will put a question mark. Hmm. I will put a question mark. Um, obviously, with the Iowa one, right? Hmm. Depending yeah. on injuries leading up to the seat, leading up to that game, etc. But obviously, we all know those are the four toughest games on the schedule. Um, I'm hoping we pull out nine and three. Yeah, nine and three would be a fantastic season. I think if if Bobby Ingram, their new offensive coordinator, yep. does have a little more involvement, you will see that. And maybe it doesn't translate to win just yet, but I think you will see it. Um, any final thoughts on Wisconsin going forward, looking back? What, any final thoughts you got? They're your Badgers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Badgers. For me, I just want that consistency, uh, which, which mm-hmm. you know, obviously that's not rocket science. is what we're all looking for. But when I'm watching the games, when I watched them last year, right, we would look like, a few seasons, we would look like the good old Wisconsin team that we're all familiar with. And that doesn't just mean productivity, right? Mm-hmm. Getting, getting you know, a touchdown at the end of the series. We want to see three to four yards. We want to see you chew up some clock. We want to see you setting up that play action. We want to see you wearing those linebackers out, watching them quarter after quarter, getting a little bit more timid as the running back is coming through the line. Yep. Getting a little bit more timid, trying to shed the offensive line blocks, right? That's what we're familiar with, really wearing you down and just steamrolling you come fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. We weren't setting ourselves up for that last season. And so I hope coming into this season, there's a huge emphasis, obviously, on the run game coordination, the plays that go into that, but also that play action. We have to set that up and 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 be a little bit more – be a little bit more – not want to say flashy, but have better route trees when that play action comes about. Last year, I believe that they were just a little bit too plain Jane. And yeah. maybe that's because of the quarterback. Maybe it's the coach. No one knows. But we need to 
you know, mix it up just a little bit when it comes to the route trees. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'll be going to a few spring practices this year, checking it out. So I'll be able to report back here live. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> report back here on what I'm seeing. Um, but that's really what I'm looking forward to. Right. I know that we're rebuilding. I know that we're spoiled. But as I stated, a nine and three season would be a fantastic year. I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Wisconsin and, and and not even if they finish nine and three, eight and four, have a good season again. I think yeah. if they do that, but show no progress in changing their offense a little bit, there's going to be some serious questions going forward, um, which is crazy to think as an eight and four, nine and three program, sure. um, even if they are eight and four, nine and three, but you see flashes of that. I think Wisconsin football fans will have a lot to look forward to in, in the future with the team, regardless of the players. There. If you see some change with that, I think you've got some serious potential. Um, Absolutely. And that's why I say we're, that's why I say we're spoiled. Mm-hmm, um, exactly. there, there are many programs around the country that would love to be eight and four. They'll yeah. be nine and three. Um, but you can't think like that though. Hey, yeah. If you want to be in Ohio state, if you want to be like Michigan was last season, then you can't think like that. Yeah, I agree. Well, we covered your alma mater, covered your Wisconsin battery. Who should we cover next time? Should no. we go big and swing for Ohio state? Should we dip into Michigan state, Nebraska? Who are you thinking? Let's just do Ohio State, man. It's your turn. Let's do it. (laughs) We will cover the 2022 national champions. 2020, excuse me, 2022 to 2023, my prediction for national champions. uh, The following episode, we'll we'll dive out a little bit. But for myself, I'm Donovan White, as always with my co-host, Monty Ball, uh, for the Big Ten Takeover podcast presented by the Takeover Sports Network. Number two shows in the books. We will see you all next time.